Hey everyone, welcome to DarkCast Interviews. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. DarkCast Interviews is a long-form interview podcast where we talk to game creators about new and upcoming video games, as well as who they are and what they do behind the scenes. In this episode, I talk with David and Jen, two developers from Wooden Monkeys, about their game, Save Koch. A one-screen strategy game where you, as a dethroned mob boss, must determine who has infiltrated the Mafia and save yourself in six days. For more information about the game, check out the links in the description below on YouTube or in the show notes for this episode on DarkStation.com. There you can find the original DarkCast as well as other video game reviews, previews, and features. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at DarkStation underscore com. Find us on Facebook and check us out on YouTube. You can also email us at podcasts at darkstation.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now on with the show. to DarkCast Interviews. I'm Jonathan. Joining me today, I've got two guests here to talk about Save. Actually, before we start recording, I probably should have asked this, but how is the game pronounced? Is it Save Cock or Save Koch? Is it a... <laughs> neither. Neither. Okay. No, technically Koch is like Heckler and Koch. Okay. Uh, and Koch Brothers, I believe. This is a thing in America, as we learned recently. But at this point, like, uh, I mean, people have mispronounced our names uh, all of our <laughs> lives. So we just, uh, as, as long as they spell it right and put the hashtag, we are fine. <laughs> I would like to get it correct. Our names or the game? The game. The game's safe Koch. Okay. So there's a, kind of a, a soft ch sound there at the end. Yes, awesome. uh, it's, a, it's like a German word, Koch. Okay. What does it mean in German? Uh, in German, it's a uh, chef. Awesome. Well, we are here to talk about Save Koch, which I probably just butchered that, but we're going to go forward with it. Uh, joining me today is David and Jen. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing great. Happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't sound too excited, but it's, it's okay. Um, being a game developer is an exhausting life, I'm sure. So, um, so before we get into to talking about the game itself, I always like to get to know my uh, the people that I'm talking to a little bit. Uh, so, if um, either of you could just kind of go ahead and talk about you know kind of a little bit about your background, what you did before the game, and and what you do on the game. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, we just have to warn there will be a lot of Russian uh, just fine. randomly popping up sometime or whatever. Uh, so I'm a narrative designer of the project, uh, narrative designer and writer. Um, but I've been in the industry for like 10 years now or something like that. First six years, uh, we won't talk about them. They weren't fun. Uh, and for the past four years, I was basically a freelancer, and this is how we uh, got together with David. Uh, and uh, I've been working on like projects like The Long Reach, Phantom Trigger, mostly a bunch of broadcast indie stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's basically it. Very cool. For me, for me. Oh, я против тебя еще должен сам придумать что-то. Много лет в индустрии в основном это free-to-play, mobile. Тоже лет 10. Okay, so basically I'm also a translator on this project, apparently. Uh, so David is the producer and uh, like slash game designer slash uh, a person who is really good at yelling at people slash uh, actually a localizer from English to Russian, which is why I'm really, really pissed that I have to translate whatever he's saying. And uh, he's been in the industry for also about 10 years, mostly working on free to play mobile games and stuff. And uh, like, as far as I know, he was like trying to get into indie scene and desktop scene for quite a while and now he's done it. Still hasn't learned fucking English. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we already established, 
Uh, he's a translator, <laughs> so he's learned it. He just refuses to speak it. It, it gives him an air of mystery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, Japanese developers can do that. Kojima does that, so... <laughs> sure. sure, absolutely. Um, so you mentioned uh, the Long Reach. Uh, what were a couple of the other indie games that... Uh, uh, either you or David have been a part of? Uh, the Long Reach, Phantom Trigger. I did a little, little bit for Monster Prom, like 20 events out of what they have, like 1,500, 1,500 now. Uh, and like a bunch more unannounced or dead in the water, you know, like the indie scene, basically how it works. Well, that's about it. David, some titles from you? No, David, uh, it's first indie project with David. <laughs> he speaks. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, Please do not edit this shit out. I will. Uh, have, no. I, I will hold it in front of you every time you ask him. Ab- absolutely for not. These are um, unless people request stuff to to be cut out or something just absolutely messes up. Now these these are raw conversations. Uh, so. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, okay, so uh, did, did you guys go to university to study game development or computer science, or how did you go about uh, learning your craft before you actually got to the point of uh, making games as a, as a day job? David, go. Тебе придется переводить. Я очень хотел делать игры, я сидел в каком-то мухосранске, и я просто пошел и начал делать игры. Сделал флеш, визуальную новеллу. Первая моя игра. Серьезно? Да. Ох, ебать. Sorry, so his first game was actually a flash visual novel, which I've just learned. And he basically just was sitting in his house in the backwater of like in the backwater of Russia, I suppose, would be the best translation for Mukhasansk. Uh, <laughs> it's not a real city. It's, you know, a, pl- a, pl- a place name, like, uh, of something that isn't, isn't anywhere. Uh, and he just went and started doing that with uh, Visual Novella being the first one. And I suppose after that, it just, uh, he moved to, he moved to St. Petersburg. He moved to Moscow and uh, he's in Moscow now and uh, just kept working. Sounds about right. Самое смешное, что в, в этой визуальной новелле, с чего началась коммерческая история, в этой визуальной новелле был малень, была маленькая мини-игра Scroll Shooter. И ко мне пришел чувак, сказал, братишка, визуальная новелла кусок говна, а вот Scroll Shooter классный, давай сделаем его и продадим, заработаем на нем деньги. Так я заработал первые деньги. Uh, so basically, his first visual novel, uh, his, that visual novel had a scroll shooter as a mini game, and uh, his friend just came to him and said, "Yeah, the visual novel is shit, but the scroll shooter is the thing. So let's go and sell it." And that was his money from video game industry. Oh, that's that is awesome. And uh, from my side, I uh, like. I didn't go to university for making video games. I was supposed to make software for battleships and science vessels. Uh, that naturally didn't work out. Uh, and on the last year of my bachelor's, I uh, I was working as a security guard or something like that. And I just decided, fuck it, and started looking for uh, a job in the video game industry. And in St. Petersburg, back then in 2010, it was a little bit hard. It was mostly, you know, free to play and uh, mobile stuff already. Basically, Finland fucked us up for um, fuck our industry up. We lost completely all of the AAA industry in Russia in like two, two years, basically. Oh, wow. Uh, and what, what was left from it. I mean, it wasn't doing well anyway. And um, uh, I forgot, I got a job that basically, in five months of job searching, I got a job that basically said, we need somebody who knows nothing. And I was exactly that. <laughs> uh, the only, the only like, uh, difference was that I spoke English, uh, although back then it was much, much worse. And my accent would be worse than David's probably. Uh, and because like, he actually went to some classes and stuff. And uh, they asked to write a couple of lines for the game. Uh, it was Hidden Object Puzzle Adventures back then. And uh, that's how my career of programmer basically died. 
uh, but actually regarding the university I'm doing, uh, I decided to go for master's and move to Kern in Germany. And I actually am doing uh, uh, studying my master's uh, game development and research more in, in the academic approach. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, so let, let's get into the, the game itself. Uh, is this the first time that you guys have collaborated on a project before or have you worked on, on games together before? First time we're finished. First time <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was a couple, and David, stop me if I'm saying something that shouldn't be said. Uh, there was a couple that basically we, David was just looking for a narrative designer, and he just posted it on Facebook. And I think somebody, what is Tastapienka? Yeah, somebody like it's, it's the small industry, regardless of where you are living in. And uh, just recommended, and we started working on one prototype, uh, then on another prototype. Uh, that prototype we we were trying to uh, sell to like give, ask for publishers to give us money. That didn't work out as well, and uh, then it's like uh, the safe call basically started when we were both sad, and de despaired, and drunk uh, in Moscow in a bar. Oh yeah, and uh, we have a third, uh, uh, like the core team on Safe Call has three people. It's me, it's David, and uh, Boris, Boris uh, who is the programmer on the project. He's just not much of a face guy. Uh, and uh, David uh, worked with him uh, for quite a while, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very cool. So uh, how many people are at uh, Wooden Monkeys working on uh, Safe Cock? Every time different. <laughs> <laughs> yes, every time. Uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, three people. It's the core team, uh, me, David, and Boris. But we have a bunch of uh, like collaborators. Basically, uh, we have our editor is uh, Charlene Botney, who worked on Divinity, and my good friend, uh, editor for English, of course. Uh, our art is done by uh, Chameleon Forty Two. Uh, company also Mos uh, from Moscow. Our sound designer, как его зовут? Big Bob Band. Uh, our music is Big Bob Band. Uh, <laughs> we've never seen them in person. Uh, and uh, da -da -da. he's great. He's great. Yeah, I mean we like him, but we've never seen him. <laughs> uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, game designer. Oh, and uh, uh, we have a. Половинка game designer. An additional game design by uh, Serge Petrov. No? Zegaev. <laughs> Serge Zegaev. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, I guess we should talk about the, the game proper. Uh, what, I, I'm just going to call it the game uh, to avoid mispronouncing it. It will be spelled correctly and there will be all kinds of links in the show notes for people to find. But <laughs> uh, what is kind of the, the setup? of uh, the game in question today. No way. Uh, fuck. Uh, I was hoping David would, you know. I'm still, every time I'm hoping that he would speak English. Uh, so, uh, Safe Koch is a, sort of a strategic simulation. You're basically a crime boss, mafia kingpin, uh, in the sci-fi city of New Kandinsky, uh, where uh, you are literally a pig, and somebody wants you dead, and you have six days to find out who exactly it's, uh, wants you dead and to stop them. Uh, another problem is that you have no idea who it is, and uh, they have infiltrated your organization and put uh, turned uh, one of your people into a mole. Uh, the whole gameplay is done via uh, from um, from your office. So basically, you have a tablet where you can send your associates to certain events, certain crises, certain conundrums. Uh, you have a phone where you can call people and try to figure out uh, what's going on by talking to them. And uh, you also have a Schubert, uh board uh, where you sort of aggregate all the clues and uh, sort of basically works as both a journal and as an investigation board. Hmm. And uh, everything is working within the timer and the timer never stops. That sounds oh. stressful. <laughs> yeah, that was the point. Uh, the whole game is sort of like our main pillars were uh, paranoia and uh, not stress, paranoia and, str and panic and stress, basically. Okay. So, uh, and the timer just facilitates it greatly. Sure, sure. So you have, uh, how, how does time relate in game to real life? I assume you don't have six real days to 
uh, find out who's trying to kill you? Uh, it's one minute, one hour. Uh, one minute of real time is one hour in game time. Okay. Very cool. Uh, so, so you're talking. You've got your your different uh, underlings, the people that you're you normally would trust, but now everybody is a, a suspect in terms of who's the the mole. Yep. So I mean, you, I, have, you have to you have to use them, but sure, sure. Uh, one of them is a mole. Okay. Is it is the plot? Um, is it static? Is it always the the same person or? Uh, can it be different people? The enemy and the mole uh, is different uh, every time. Okay. Uh, I mean, we we have a set like uh, we know exactly who can be uh, like from our side. Yeah, we know yeah. exactly who can be there, so it's not like completely random. Uh, but uh, like, yeah. Okay. They're so dynamically generated every time. That's cool. So you could have a different pairing of the the enemy and the mole. Um, where the enemy might be the same, but the mole is different one time, or both might be completely different. Exactly. Uh, from one playthrough to the next. Um, looking at the the trailer of the game, it looks like you die a lot. Um, <laughs> if you don't, obviously, if you don't find out in your your six days, you're you're gonna get axed. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, even if you find out who is the enemy, you can still die. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's comforting. <laughs> uh, so I assume it's, it's actually pretty easy to die in this. Uh, so the idea is that you're... Are you starting over from the beginning every time? Or are there checkpoints? Or is it almost kind of like... I feel like roguelike is way too overused. Uh, but is it the kind of game that when you die, you just start back from the beginning? Yes, exactly. You start off from the beginning, but uh, like roguelite just creates the entirety of like uh, proper roguelike, I'd say, uh, creates it entirely from the uh, like the entirety of the world, and we just sort of uh, dynamically switch up the scenarios, I'd okay. say. But the whole like one session is basically uh, an hour or something. It's twelve times, yeah, it's twelve times six, six, seventy-two minutes, okay. uh, unless you pause and stuff. So. Uh, it's kind of like a bite-sized, basically, experience. and well, Although, mostly, you will die earlier than that. Uh, and sure. then you restart from the beginning. Okay. So it's it's not a, it's not a long, drawn-out kind of story. It's, it's more bite-sized. But the idea is that one, when you die, you don't know what you're going to be facing the next time that you play. Um, mm -hmm. And then also, if you successfully you know, win, then you start it up again and you, you don't, again, you don't know what you're facing. Yep. Very cool. So how, how many different scenarios are there? How many times could you play through it um, and get different enemies and moles? 72 hours? Well, we had a player who played for 72 hours, so uh, a lot, I'd say. That's... <laughs> Uh, and uh, we, we had no idea somebody would play it for that long. Um, but I think what we have eight, uh, like it's eight times four, uh, four enemies and eight moles. So well, what's the proper math for that? Uh, it's eight times four, I think, of combinations, something like that. Okay. All right. We'll just well. I'm not great with math, so we'll we'll just go with that and say yes. Uh, that sounds yeah. that sounds like a lot of uh, variations that you can have. Uh, mm -hmm. That's that's really cool. So, what all exactly are you kind of doing in the game? You're you're locked away trying to to save yourself, and you're talking with your um, your lieutenants and whatnot. Are you sending them on missions to assassinate people to get intel? What what all are you doing? Uh, well, it sort of uh, de uh, like depends on uh, what exactly you want to do, um, but uh, the events that but, okay, so like uh, a, a simple scenario, I'd say would help. Sure. Uh, so like for example, it's day two or something like that. Somebody has just killed your uh, uh, like the guy who is responsible for your distribution, and he set you. Somebody set his uh, butchery on fire. 
uh, and you, so you can send your people to investigate the crime scene and try to get some clues regarding how he exactly died. Uh, after that, you are trying to follow up on these things, basically asking questions from uh, from certain people regarding where did their uh, materials for the arson came in. Uh, and then that shop that you were going in just explodes, taking one of your uh, taking your people with it, uh, but effectively killing it. At the same time, uh, sentient mold uh, is asking you to send somebody over in exchange for uh, in exchange for information that somebody gets infected and you no longer can use him. Uh, at the same time, uh, there are a bunch of riots in the city going on because you have neglected uh, neglected the control in the previous day or did something wrong, and you have to facilitate those, uh, but you don't have an appropriate person. All you, can ha- all you have right now is uh, ex-military uh, mercenary and uh, a horse thief, a cat burglar who is a horse, so nobody of them is actually like you know suitable. So he sent uh, so he sent a red there, and uh, ex-military naturally does what ex-military does, basically killing most people. And now you have even more riots on your hands, and uh, a thief asks you to for a little uh, advice on how to uh, make an appropriate date with the person he likes. So you're also a matchmaker. <laughs> well, you can be. I mean, uh, at the same time, you have about like uh, six or seven, like uh, a lot, basically, storylines that are all popping up in the city. You have way more events that you can do, and we like highly recommend anybody to like not try to do everything. It's literally impossible. We made sure. <laughs> Uh, so you, you have like events that are definitely higher priority and some events that are not, but you obviously have no idea how to, which are what. Hmm. Very cool. Oh, and at the same time, you might have a nice conversation with a, a media mogul of the city, uh, but then she smears you all over the TV that you can see in your, that you have in your panic room. Hmm. I feel like a media mogul would generally try to smear uh, the mafia kingpin. Um, well, she is also a head of a crime oh, faction, sort okay. of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the, like we uh, we both grew up in the '90s in Russia, so you know we basically just uh, like David is once said that I basically wrote St. Petersburg again. Uh, like literally, everything is corrupt. Yeah. That uh, this you talking about it? It kind of reminds me of the game. Um, oh, what was it called? Uh, this is the police, but just like the opposite side of the spectrum. Instead of a, a guy who's just trying to get to the point where he can retire and he's a cop, you're a mafia kingpin and you're trying not to die. Uh, that's yep. <laughs> sounds like a much more stressful version. Um, that's uh, that is is really cool. I'm looking at screenshots of the game right now, and I just have to say that I love the. Uh, the whiskey that is on the table, the Eldritch Tears, uh, mm-hmm. distilled in the Lovecraft crater. Uh, that mm-hmm. is that is wonderful. I just, I That's just... an actual real crater. Really? Yeah. I have um, no idea. Oh, this is... Uh, I, uh, maybe I've overdone it, but I actually enjoy it because every, um, every reference... Because it's technically in the far future and we are on a different planet. Uh, but New Kandinsky is uh, sort of a city built by the descendants of the immigrants to the Kandinsky crater on Mercury, uh, which is near the Lovecraft crater. And uh, almost all of the reference to like the places in the solar system, they are all real, I think. Wow. Almost all of them. There is a, a crater on Venus, uh, uh, not a crater, I think it's Planaria, they call it, uh, on Venus, the Regio, uh, that is referenced there. And... Uh, it just was a wonderful research of like you know like Mercury every uh, every landmark is uh, named after some kind of artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Venus everything is called just basically female whatever uh, like a goddess or astronaut scientist something like that. I think there's Curie crater or something like that. And it was just a, a interesting and potentially very useless research, but I couldn't help myself. That is really cool. So this actually takes place on Mercury in the far-flung future where now pigs and zebras and everything are... Um, I get no, the characters are from, uh, like, the, the Koch family is from Mercury, and okay. it was founded by people from Mercury, but this particular city is uh, on some planet. Okay. Gotcha. That is, wow, yeah, you, 
you have thought a lot about this, and I, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody does. <laughs> Uh, so, so where did the idea for the game kind of originally come from, and what was it, I guess, originally hatched as before it evolved into to what it is today? Alcohol and trailers. Uh, yeah, alcohol and trailers. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> что, либо ты можешь переводить, либо ты можешь рассказывать. Все то же самое, что мы рассказывали Ой, нахуй. Yeah. So basically, we were like we were just doing. We we were supposed to do another project. We almost had the financing in and stuff like that, but it fell through like two days before we were supposed to start. I went to Moscow, and it was already stressful for me. I hate the fucking city. And we met in a bar. Uh, and David was just basically, yeah, dude, there, there is no money. And uh, basically for me, it meant uh, a, a very tough situation. So I just started drinking. Uh, I, ha- I had like, and like eight cocktails in or something like that. Uh, we just thought, we started discussing Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, it was the point where the first trailer came in, I think, last February. Teaser. Uh, yeah, yeah, teaser. Yeah, I mean. That first thing that they have released with mm-hmm. uh, the monkey boy uh, just stealing the, an idol from the uh, huge big mafia kingpin, and we thought that uh, like those are always like you know the stock character, the uh, crime pig basically, mm-hmm. and we want to sort of explore that stuff, uh, and we also wanted to do like a game that is you know smaller that we can do without any uh, financial involvement from uh, a publisher or something like that. Um, I mean, at least most of the game. Uh, so we decided let's make a game in three months. Uh, and we were thinking about different gameplays. We thought about this is the uh, not this is the police. Uh, it was on the radar, but later, uh, shit, papers, please, yeah. Uh, which is basically like you are on the one screen and you're doing everything on this particular one screen. Uh, also, the DL leader prototype that uh, Double Fine did for Amnesia Fortnite, uh, I think 2015 or something like that. Uh, Anna Kipnis was the leader, uh, was the head of the project. And they sort of all like basically you exist in this one uh, environment and you just affect the world from it. And it felt like, you know, a nice idea. We made, uh, like, David made a bunch of sketches and we went home. And, uh, like, I would, uh, I assumed that David would completely forget about that. David assumed that I was too drunk to remember anything. Uh, <laughs> but in the next couple of days, we were just, like, you know, almost uh, like simultaneously just, yeah, so I did this. Uh, yeah, so I did that. And that's how it kept rolling. Uh, of course, it didn't, you know, work out. Uh, it wasn't three months. Uh, it was a year and two months, as it usually happens with such projects. Uh, and yeah, that's basically how it started. And we had just, uh, it's a one room uh, and uh, uh, we play as a pig. Uh, that was like basically the basis and it stayed. Oh yeah, and also when I was drunk, I promised that I can work extremely fast and write a fuckload of text. But of course, that didn't happen either. <laughs> I mean, that did happen, but not in three months. <laughs> <laughs> it just depends on what your, um, what your definition for fast is. So, still, like a, a year and two months, that's a that's pretty short turnaround for a, for a game, I feel like. Yeah, true, but it's four times more than <laughs> we <laughs> Everything is relative. That's <laughs> true, true. Um, so, so the game is currently out now on uh, PC. Any uh, plans or hopes or dreams to take it to consoles or mobile devices or anything like that? Мы сейчас отполируем версию на Steam, выйдем в другие сторы, какие пока непонятно на десктопе, а потом будем смотреть в сторону... Да, мы уже смотрим в сторону свеча и мобилочек, потому что геймплей очень классно подойдет под свечи и мобилочки. Uh, we, uh, we are currently just polishing the Steam version, uh, because there are bugs, 
and we would love to sell them out. Uh, we are looking into the uh, Switch and mobile already. Uh, we would love somebody to uh, look into another tablet on his tablet. Uh, it's just you know just this moment that we want people to experience. Yeah. Uh, and Switch, of course, because uh, we think it would be very nice, uh, like you know, a game for a train or a trip or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after we finish with Steam, we also will pro- will look into. We we have no idea right now uh, on which ones, but other desktop stores. Uh, and of course, if we have the Switch version, uh, then there's no, well, I mean, there are still problems, but uh, there's nothing stopping us from going on PlayStation or Xbox. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, I think, I think that does it for my questions about the game itself. Um, now we get to the point of the, the show where I feel like, uh, everybody has a good time, but they, they run off and never want to talk to me again because of the questions that I ask now. Uh, it's part of the show that we call Endgame. Uh, the first question is very straightforward. It's who's your favorite character? It can be hero, sidekick, uh, villain, whatever the case may be. Just a uh, character in, in video games. Uh, and this, both of you have to answer. David, the а, подожди, у меня подумал. Только видеоигры. Only video games. Yes, only video games. That's what the show's about. Череп в планоскейпе. Охуенно. Обожаю этого парня. From David, it's Morte from Planescape. Uh, Planescape okay. Torment. Uh, the, the litany of insults. I can uh, definitely get behind that. Uh, shit for me. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll take Rex from uh, Mass Effect. Okay, that's Rex is good. I, I, we've had Mass Effect characters before, but I don't think anybody has said Rex. Uh, uh, they don't they don't know what they like. <laughs> They're all delusional. It's Rex. It's only Rex. Rex is fantastic. Uh, Garrus he... can go fuck himself. It's always Rex. Oh wow, that's <laughs> yeah, that hurts me a little bit. Well, uh, everybody I... likes Garrus, sorry, but nobody appreciates the war leader of Tuchanka who <laughs> saved them all. What did, what did Garrus do? He just calibrated the fucking weapon, and Rex actually, you know, saved his species. <laughs> uh, that, is, that is true. That is a good point. Mm-hmm. That is a good point. Uh, okay, so completely different question. If you could replay any video game again for the first time, you don't have to worry about the game not aging well or anything, but if you could just re-experience that first time with a game, what would you like it to be? Oh, Vengers. Uh, this is a, a very obscure reference. Uh, Vengers is uh, Vangers. Uh, Vengers one for the road. It's currently on Steam. It is on Steam. Uh, it's 1997 game. But very unknown by Russian uh, developer, uh, but it's so screwed up. I'm pretty sure that game just ruined my psyche at some point and it never recovered. Uh, it's so trippy. I-, I can't explain it, but if you can just, it's V-A-N-G-E-R-S. Uh, just look at the screenshots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's screwed up. Or TV Tropes. TV Tropes has a, uh, has a page on it and it explains the game fantastically. And okay. I'd love to like have that mind-boggling, mind-fucking experience again. Uh. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't First Silent Hill from David. Это первый хоррор, который я увидел. Мне я был мелкий, я никогда в такое не играл. Мне было пиздец, как страшно, но пиздец, как интересно. Это было охренеть как круто. Но я думаю, я сейчас слишком стар, чтобы так восхищаться, если бы я переиграл. Uh, first Silent Hill for David. Uh, he was very young, he was very afraid and very curious. Uh, but he, he is afraid he's too old now for that. Mm. Okay. Did uh, did you ever re or not replay, but play the um, the kind of remake, the Shattered Memories game? Uh, да, но нет. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but no, he said. I have no idea. Make of it what you want. <laughs> that's like, that's the only uh, Silent Hill game I've ever played, and I I enjoyed it. So, 
Um, that's that's the only way that I can engage in a Silent Hill con conversation is with, with Shattered Memories uh, on the Nintendo yeah, Shattered, Shattered Memories on um, Takoi. It was a uh, Wii and PS2 is what it came out for. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, good. Yeah, that's. Uh, I feel like that would be a game that it would be hard to go back to these days, but definitely could be a good one to to re-experience the way that you originally did. Uh, flip, flipping that question on its head, if you could just forget that you played a game, whether it's you spent too much time with it, it was a bad experience, um, or it was it, you played a game at the, the wrong time in your life and you would like to give it a fresh start without remembering the first time you played it, any of those types of scenarios, but if you could just forget that you played a game, what would you like it to be? Save cool. Я поиграл в нее столько раз, что я знаю каждую реплику, я знаю каждый ивент, и я не получаю удовольствия от игры, которую... Они не получают того удовольствия, которого я бы хотел, того удовольствия, которое мы дарим пользователю. Я бы очень хотел выжить в себе память и сыграть в сейф-кох, не зная ничего, что там внутри. Yeah, it's you know it's a usual developer problem, especially for the narrative games, detective games, is that just basically well, like David and I, me too, of course, we just know everything by heart. So there is no uh, no panic, no frustration, no uh, sense of wonder, no nothing. And you know, it's like a developer curse. You make a game that you would like want to play, but you can't. <laughs> it just isn't happening, and you never play it uh, like because. Like even uh, in the beginning, uh, like the release build by that time already, you have played every kind of uh, conceivable variation of the game, and you also talked about it for like hours. But for me, I I would say Saint Koch. I actually enjoy just making games so that I can watch streams of people playing it. It's more pleasing to me. Uh, I'd say just completely forget from existence. Uh, just bad experience. Uh, there are there are plenty of shitty games that I have played. Uh, uh, I'm very tempted to also say Safe Koch just because I can't find an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, no, no. I mean, like it's. Uh, I, I I know people who made those games. <laughs> I can't say it. Forget from this. Shit. I'll, can I get back to you on that? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Well, or well, I, I feel like the the softer version of the question is, um, you know, it, maybe you played a game that it it, uh, it didn't kind of sync with you. It didn't really work the first time you played it, or maybe you were going through something and you um, it you didn't like the game when you first played it. If you could. Uh, give it a fresh start again. You know, for, forget it from that sense uh, to try to replay something that you wish you liked more. Uh, does that make it a little easier to answer? Or? Yeah, that is. Uh, I'd say Night in the Woods. Uh, okay. I will. Uh, I know it's 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 a weird one, but they have this. Uh, we were, uh, they were released about the same time that the Long Reach was being made, and uh, like basically, I was the whole time I was just re- uh, the Long Reach is kind of like the same principle. Like uh, there is not enough, not so many mini games, but uh, it's you know point and click, but you have to walk places, and. Uh, the uh, right like night in the woods when you just click on somebody they will start the unskippable conversation that you can't stop mm-hmm. or just uh, like you press on the picture and or you select a picture and the main character will uh narrate that and it will not it is not skippable and that annoyed me so fucking much i couldn't play the game and uh, because of the long reach i was just doing the same thing uh, it was just parallel to that, and I just re- we uh, like uh, after we removed it, it played so much better, and I just couldn't couldn't uh, get past that completely. Also, maybe Witcher, th- Witcher two and three, no, not two, three specifically. I, I just can't handle their locomotion system, their combat system whatsoever. I finished, I finished Sekiro, I finished Dark Souls three as a depraved, uh, naked ass uh, guy with a with a broken club. So I think I know my slashers. Uh, and Witcher 3 combat is just no. 
no it's terrible i had to like lower uh, all of the all the difficulty down 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 so i would just forget this whole thing and just play it uh, like you know just somebody just put it on and just pressed easy instead of me and i would just assume this is how the game is supposed to be played just for the story ты закапываешь наш проект никто не будет покупать игру от людей которые ненавидят witcher 3 He's basically saying that I'm right now burying our game because nobody will play a game from a guy just like Witcher 3. I would have to say two things. First, that uh, I like the story. The story is done extremely well. I just hate the combat. Mm. Uh, and on the second part, I'm pretty sure that this is how the writing community works. They will just assume this fucker doesn't like Witcher 3. Well, let's fucking see what that, what that asshole has made. I mean, they might pirate it, but... <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I know I said I like these conversations to be raw, but I am going to cut that out just because, you, you know, you're completely wrong, and I'm sorry to tell you that, but, you know, it'll be fine. Uh, it's... <laughs> just kidding. Um, but, no, yeah, no, I, I love The Witcher, and I just want that to go on, on record. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> what is a, a good trend in video games? Uh, something that you see, maybe one or two video games, or maybe more doing that you would like to see more common in the industry at large. David? Я задумался. Я правильно понимаю, да? Но тренды, которые нравятся. While David is thinking, I would just say Spain <laughs> in general. Uh, Spain, right, like this uh, last year, in, no, not last year, what year? Which year is it? Uh, either, either this year or last year, it had uh, a bunch of really, really good releases. Uh, Red Strings Club, uh, Grease, uh, Don't Feed the Monkeys, uh, and just in general, a bunch of conceptual, uh, really interesting experimental stuff uh, that is just uh, really, really well done. Uh, just trying one concept. Like, Grease is just extremely beautiful. Red Strings Club is specifically about the story, and the stuff that Horton Debaco just does with the story is, like, one of the best I have seen, and we have stole a bunch from them, like the phone. Uh, Don't Feed the Monkeys is a fantastic game by itself, very weird, and we also tried to steal from them. And uh, I would just love to see uh, either Spain produce... Monster Prom is also a Spanish technical game, uh, and uh, about dating monsters uh, at the prom in high school uh, with risque jokes. So I would love to see like just either more developers just taking over this uh, Spanish thing, or maybe like countries just starting to develop this. Like, you know, you can uh, basically uh, recognize the French animation, French cartoons, just mm -hmm. by looking at them, how yeah. they move, how they act. And maybe like different countries, uh, like having their just uh, like distinctive style rather than everything being the by its own. Because like at this point, you can tell a Spanish game from any other. It would be like there would be something conceptual about it, I'd say. And I would just love them to like uh, love the communities to just uh, start doing this uh, like sort of uh, not national but. Uh, this communal uh, styles, communal, communal trends, and communal things developing more and more. Or just everybody just make weird conceptual stuff from Spain. I love that stuff. It's great. I love to play more. Awesome. Мне нравится, что в последнее время у нас э, сформировалась комьюнити, которая играет... Геймдев э, очень долго шел к э, казуаливанию, упрощению и всего-всего и вся. В последнее время появляются такие игры, как Hollow Knight, там, Souls, Born и прочее, прочее, прочее. И появляется комьюнити э, хардкорных игроков, которым интересно играть во что-то сложное, которым интересно играть во что-то стрессовое. Они не боятся... А играть в такие игры, и разработчики делают такие игры, и благодаря этому появился тот же Кох, который говорит, парни, это сложная игра, она от нее у вас будет гореть очко. Uh, I don't know if he is referencing only Russian industry or the one on the whole. Uh, it definitely is for the Russian industry. Uh, but there is a, uh, like there is uh, not even emerging, but already sort of established community of people who like uh, hard things. Uh, I wouldn't say hardcore, just no hard and difficult things. Mm -hmm. Like basically the Soulsborne series, uh, uh, Hollow Knight, and uh, general Met like Metroidvania who provide the challenge and people who actually like this particular challenge, which is partly why Safe Koch uh, sort of was uh, more hopeful. 
for for us during development well for him uh and yeah he just likes that even though he isn't very good in dark souls i added the dark souls thing (laughs) 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 he has beaten it but it took him way too long Yeah, <laughs> And also, he didn't finish Sekiro yet. <laughs> I, I only just recently started Sekiro, and um, it's it's the first FromSoft game that I've really given a shot, because uh, the other... Well, I've really only tried Dark Souls 1 before that, and it made me very angry. Uh, but so far, <laughs> I'm, I'm liking Sekiro uh, more. There's... I don't know, something about it uh, that I think works a little bit better with just the way that I think about games and, and movement and combat and stuff. So mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully I'll be able to finish it. We'll see. It may be years from now, but <laughs> I, I think I'll get there. Uh, While we're on the subject of combat in Sekiro, so compare uh, Sekiro and Witcher 3, which has a better combat? They're completely different. Trying to compare them would be like comparing Batman and Assassin's Creed or something that I... I'm more comfortable with Witcher combat. That I've, um, you know, I've, I've played that game through and had a great time with it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not good at Sekiro combat right now, and so I would, I can't say it's worse, but it's definitely got a steeper learning curve uh, from my sensibility. Um, All right. I I don't know. Yeah, David is afraid that uh, by talking shit about games, we will just remove all our like, main audience or something like that. Maybe, maybe you'll just anger them into wanting to prove you wrong by playing your game and then you know, talking about it and maybe the, the game itself will convert them. So it, it might be a strategy that works. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but Sekiro is like objectively better than Safe Call, you know? The fighting especially. So yeah, if we're comparing the combat between your game and uh, Sekiro, then I'm, I'm probably going to give it to Sekiro. Uh, just, you know. But uh, okay, it tried to... here. <laughs> we can at least all agree on on one thing. Um, so uh, flipping the the question uh, from good trend, what is what is a bad like trope in video games that you wish would either be lessened or just go away altogether? Trinkle. Плохой тренд, который стоит либо убрать, либо выучить из него уроки и забыть про него. Чуть не нравится в индустрии, короче. For me, I'd say the the dead stories. You know, like basically just God of of War would be the best example where it's the dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there are a bunch of, like, I I can't name anything else uh, except God of War at this moment. But it's definitely, like, more... more last of us yeah, yeah more prevalent mm-hmm. sort of like the paternal figure mm-hmm. and uh it's uh, not necessarily a bad trend by itself but uh I, I it's not cool that it became a trend sure i'd say uh, that is like uh it's a good thing i mean our industry got older hence uh, the stories that we are telling are getting more older uh but it's kind of well, just apparent uh, i uh, like there is uh, there is a stereotype, a trope for Russians, especially for post-Soviet, basically of a Soviet woman and a Soviet mom specifically, and uh, like uh, we would just love to see. Th- I would just love to see that. Uh, and so, Soviet woman is basically a person who is the uh, human equivalent of a nuclear attack. She can yell you into submission. If we had uh, uh, a woman uh, general secretary during the Soviet Union, we would win the Cold War hands down. Uh, it's uh, and uh, but because of this like that, that, that trend, it would be sort of uh, the trend will go away, and the parent figure will in general just go away as a trend without the exploring of the maternal um, maternal exploration. Okay. Uh, 
Мне все нравится. Мне заебись. Дэвид likes everything. Особенно The Last of Us. He especially likes The Last of Us. Oh, uh, yeah, I've been saying more shit about video games. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 I, I like God of War and Last of Us, I haven't played them, I heard good things, I'm assuming they're very good. I, I'm a big fan of both of them, uh, but I can, yeah, it's, I don't know, I the watched first... them, I watched them, I have to, the first game that I remember um, about kind of being a father figure and it being central to the game was the, the first season of The Walking Dead. And then yeah. I feel like since then it's like it, it's really hard because I can't really think of many games besides God of War and The Last of Us, but it feels super prevalent. Um, so no, I, I can totally I can totally understand that. It's kind of an evolution of uh, like uh, basically Save the Princess. Mm-hmm. Save, oh, absolutely. Well, it's technically Save the MacGuffin, but it's sort of more respectful towards said princess. Uh, but again, it's just evolution of that stuff. Right. There is technically sort of one maternal, which is Tomb Raider, the latest reboot, uh, like the first one in the season where it's sort of like the flipped over, where basically Lara has to save uh, uh, save the kidnapped girl. But it's kind of the same trope. It's just uh, Lara is a woman. Uh, it's basically the same narrative completely, mm-hmm. as the Save the Princess, of course, not the uh, parent, not the paternal narrative. For the lack of a better term. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, so uh, moving on to our, our second to last question. Uh, if there is any other profession that you would like to give a shot, uh, obviously you're making video games and that is fantastic. Uh, but if you could just try literally anything, no uh, holds barred, what would you like to try? David? Uh... Много-много лет назад до игровой индустрии я работал барменом. Когда Кох провалится и я не захочу вернуться во фри-то-плей, я поеду куда-нибудь на острова и буду работать там в баре. Дэвид стол майн. He basically wants, uh, like, he used to work as a bartender before the game industry, and uh, if everything goes horribly, he would just go to some island and work as a bartender again. <laughs> Uh, which is a very pleasing perspective, I suppose. Uh, for me, for like removing all of the writing uh, altogether. Oh shit! Uh, that could be another com- kind of writer. It's it's literally anything that if you, uh, if not even if anything went wrong, just if you wanted to try something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shit. I mean, no, it's just like I don't. I uh, fuck. I don't know. Is drunk a profession? It, I mean, it can be if you want it to be. It is a game. solution. It's... <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I, I try not to think about it because I literally can't do jack shit other than writing. Uh, I'm like, uh, as a joke, I just I drink and I talk. That's all, all I do except for writing, which is, which is helpful a lot. <laughs> But, uh, right, I mean, you, I, I go to conferences, I drink at parties, I talk to people. This is my business plan. Uh, did, I don't know, teaching languages somewhere like in China? Like uh, teaching English in uh, like foreign countries, maybe? Okay. Like travel blogger, that would be nice. Yeah, sure. People would hate me and I have no idea how to use Instagram, but that would be nice. <laughs> Yeah, so there's no limits. You don't have to worry about whether or not people would like you doing it. You just you get to do it with this game. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, our final question and the absolute weirdest one. Um, okay, so it, it has some setup to it. So imagine that uh, everything that we know about heaven is wrong. Heaven is actually the Mushroom Kingdom from Mario. So. Now, you get to the end of your life, you get to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom, and Toad is there, and he's the guy that lets everybody in. What do you want him to say to you before you pass through the pearly gates, or the mushroomy gates, or the pipe gates, or whatever they are there? It is weird, I give you that. (laughs) (laughs) 
if you want to send us out though by letting people know where they can go to find out more about your game. David, где про нас можно найти? Тимия. Uh, yeah, in Steam social networks, uh, it's uh, either Mood and Monkeys or Safecoch. Uh, we have a Twitter, we have a Facebook, uh, and yeah. That's the Reddit. Yeah, we also have a Reddit. We do? <laughs> we are not sure, <laughs> but there are <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, uh, links for all of that. Uh, if there's a Reddit, there'll be a link for that in the show notes to this episode so people can go find out more info about the game. Uh, thanks again. I appreciate you guys sitting down with me and talking about the game. I wish you the best of luck as you continue to work on and refine that exists and, you know, potentially get it to other platforms for more people to play and then, you know, make whatever your your next project is so thanks again and uh yeah you guys have a good one yeah thank you have a good one too infinite hitler 2020 <laughs> <laughs> oh shit this sounds like infinite hitler is actually going for election uh no I'm, 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 just just stop it stop it stop it here, stop it here.